0: so you've decided to build a whiskey collection you got tons of resources invested in bottles but now you're starting to wonder is the bourbon market going to collapse is my collection going to be worthless well do you want to find out if that's true or not then stick around so brian jones from the bourbon real talk community asked me a question not too long ago he said randy with all of these increases in capacity from all of these major producers, do you expect that there's a bourbon bubble? Is it going to burst? Is my collection gonna be worthless? And so I decided to go ahead and do a podcast episode. And I just wanna thank Brian for taking the opportunity to send such a good question and give me a good idea. So first off, let's talk about what a bubble is. I'm going to read the definition because it has an actual definition and a bubble is an economic cycle that is characterized by the rapid escalation of market value, particularly in the price of an asset. This fast inflation is followed by a quick decrease in value or a contraction that is sometimes referred to as a crash or a bubble burst. So that's what we're talking about. So when you look at the whiskey world, there are some factors that indicate that we might be in the middle of a bubble. Obviously, we've had rapid increases in prices of bottles on the secondary and just at retail stores. Another thing that makes me concerned that we might be in a bubble is the average number of bottles that consumers are willing to buy and hold on to. So historically, when you look at the number of bottles that people buy just for personal consumption, we are far above that. And fear of missing out breeds more demand. More demand causes more shortages. More shortages causes more fear of missing out. And so it's like this self-fulfilling prophecy. It's a cycle. And at some point that is going to end. People's desire to hold on to 12 bottles of, say, Eagle Rare, is gonna go back down to zero whenever it's readily available and you can get it on shelves. Another thing that indicates there might be a problem looming is the increased number of producers. So if you watch the TTP website and you see the new people that are getting their DSP, their uh, Distilled Spirits Plants license, it's skyrocketed. There used to be very few whiskey producers in the United States until recently, there's been an explosion. So we have a ton of craft producers coming online. We have a ton of non-distiller producers coming online. And that might be an indication that eventually when all of these people have their growth plan kick in and they have the whiskey that they need to satisfy the demand in the market, that there might be more product available than there is demand. In addition to new producers coming online, you've got old producers bringing new production online. So Buffalo Trace, I've done pieces on this before, they've invested $1.3 billion in increased capacity. So right now in the United States, the largest producer of whiskey is Jack Daniels at 2,200 barrels per day. You've got Heaven Hill at around 1,700 barrels per day. And Buffalo Trace is only at 1,200 barrels per day, which is astronomical, it's funny to say only. When their new production comes online, that's going to double to 2,400 barrels per day. And that's going to make them the largest whiskey producer in the United States. And I think that it may actually cause them to surpass uh, the scotch brand that is currently the largest in the world. So Buffalo Trace may become the largest, but they're not the only ones that have increased capacity. So we have to start asking ourselves when all of this new capacity comes online and they have product available, what is that going to do to the market? Another warning sign that has me a little bit nervous is the complete disconnect between the secondary market and the actual value of whiskey. I realize that most of the pricing that's out there doesn't have anything to do with flavor. It has to do with the 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 image that people think of themselves to be able to have these bottles on their shelves. And so there is a complete disconnect. But the prices on the secondary market, I used to be able to justify when I thought about the time, energy, and effort that it took for the producer to make some of the harder to find bottles. And I compared it to other spirit categories like scotch or cognac, where the prices are much higher for the higher end products. I mean, historically, until the last few years, you didn't really have very many high-end bourbons that were coming out more than $120 a bottle. That's nothing compared to the scotch industry. So it was justifiable that they would be higher on the secondary. But now prices have exploded to a point where there's really no logic that can be applied to the situation. Another thing that has me concerned are fake bottles and price fixing. So the secondary market is where you would go to figure out what the public thinks a bottle is worth. But as prices have gone up, that has caused people who want to commit fraud to get into the space and start to make fake bottles. They'll buy empty bottles on eBay. Um, You know, they they get very creative on how they can find the bottles. They fill it up with something that's readily available. Sometimes they alter it and try to rectify it and make it taste more like the product that they are saying is in the bottle. Uh, They've become very creative with recreating, you know, seals and things like that. Uh, But fakes are definitely an indication that there's something wrong with the market. And then the other thing are price fixing. So price fixing is when two people that know each other engage in a transaction publicly in an online forum and pretend that they didn't have everything all worked out on the front end. And I believe that price fixing is what drove up the, the value of Russell's 13. There is no reason for that bottle to trade for as much as it does. It's supposed to be a shelf available product in the future and the, the price has just skyrocketed. When you go and you look and see transactions and you're seeing that people are putting it up for an astronomical price and then saying that it's sold, but it was always sold on a cross post, meaning they posted it on another site. That's what makes me think that there were some people that were able to secure a large number of that bottle and they wanted to drive the price up in the market, fix the price and then liquidate. Um, So price fixing is another indication that there might be something wrong. Another factor that could be an indication that there's a bubble are the gambling and buybacks that we're seeing. So if you're not familiar, there's something called a razzle and they usually will put a bottle up for sale effectively and they will link who is going to get the bottle to the Illinois state lottery where it's, it's, it's zero through nine. So there's only 10 possible options and they historically would say, okay, if this bottle was worth $200, there's 10 slots, I'm going to sell all 10 slots for 20 bucks and whoever has the winning number from the lottery, that's, who's going to end up getting the bottle. But when COVID hit and sports kind of ended and sports gambling was no longer a thing, all of the people who were addicted to gambling were looking for new ways to gamble because there was no sports to gamble on. And a lot of people started gambling on whiskey. And people that were putting these bottles up would have a buyback. So if the bottle was $200 and you won, you could get, say, $180 and the person that had the bottle would keep it and they would have collected the $200 from all of the entries, they give you the 180, they keep the 20 bucks and the bottle, and they typically put it up again. Because people were not, no longer really associating what they were buying the slots with in association with the value of the bottle, that drove prices up even higher because people were just looking for excuses to gamble. And that also is an indication that there could be a bubble. Hey, nice hat. Hey, thanks. Nice lanyard. Nice rocks glass. Thanks, man. (laughs) Nice travel case. Nice blend topper. Thank you. Nice candle. Nice bottle bag. Thanks, man. That's a nice tumbler. Nice woman's t-shirt. Thanks. Nice uh, extra schmedium shirt. Get yourself some nice things and get all the compliments that come along with it. Shop Bourbon Real Talk Another indication that there could be a bubble is the rise in prices due to association. So we can probably all remember back to a time where, say, Weller Antique sat on shelves. But as whiskey consumers started to get more and more educated that that was a product made by Buffalo Trace and that that same whiskey is made into the Pappy Van Winkle line, and they can't get pappy van winkle now there was increased demand for weller same thing has happened with uh, eagle rare same thing has happened with buffalo traces baseline product that was never really meant to be rare but people have started to hoard it and so that is another early indicator that there might be some false demand and that we could have a bubble But not everything is pointing towards a bubble. There are some factors out there that indicate that the market may be just fine. And one of the things that indicates that we are going to continue to increase demand as supply comes online is the rate at which people are getting involved in the whiskey hobby. Um, I think the secondary has a lot to do with that. I think that YouTube has a lot to do with that. And to be quite honest, I think that COVID had a lot to do with that because people were at home and they were looking for ways to entertain themselves. And I know that a lot of the viewers out there found my channel during COVID when they were looking for something to do. And I can't tell you how many people have told me that they got in the whiskey hobby during COVID because they had all of this disposable income. They weren't able to go out and spend at restaurants and other concert venues and things like that. And they wanted to be entertained. So they started to buy whiskey. And I think that the rate that people are entering into the market may indicate that we're going to be okay. Another indication that we might be able to handle the whiskey that's coming online is the massive increase in consumption of alcohol due to COVID. If you look historically, the United States had not been drinking as much alcohol as we did, say, pre-prohibition. When you look at the consumption rates of alcohol per capita pre-prohibition, it is insane how much Americans used to drink. And that number has gone way down. But during COVID, it's gone back up. And if you have people consuming alcohol more regularly and at greater quantities, they may be able to gobble up the supply of the whiskey that's coming online. Another major factor that could be the saving grace to keep a bourbon bubble from bursting is international demand. So historically, Japan has always been a really big supporter of bourbon in general and really carried bourbon through the dark ages of the you know, late 70s, 80s and 90s, even into the 2000s. But now you're starting to see greater demand in other areas that historically have just focused on non-American spirits. and. If the bourbon industry can continue to find distribution channels where they can deliver quality American bourbon to those markets, getting, you know, through all of the tariffs and all that stuff at a reasonable price, I think that we might have enough international demand to prevent a bourbon burst. Another factor to take into consideration that may indicate everything's going to be okay is the highest demand bottles typically have higher age statements. And the fact that they take that much time to be able to produce indicates that we're not going to have a glut on the market of the hardest to find, most valuable bottles. That's what would have to happen for there to be a total collapse. Like, say, if Pappy 23 was back on the shelves at MSRP, um, you know, if you could get all the BTACs at, at any time of the year because they just sat on shelves, that would precipitate a crash. I think that what is more likely is that we're not ever going to see the most valuable bottles, the BTEC line, the Van Winkles, the Birthday Bourbon, those things that take, you know, 15 plus years to make. I don't think that they're ever going to be shelf available again, even with the higher production that's coming online. Another thing that could help prevent a burst would be some changes in international taxation. So the United States historically has not really focused its foreign policy on protecting the bourbon industry because we've had so many other industries that were more important for the US economy, whereas Scotland has always had a major focus. And so if you look at the tariffs that Scotch has to pay to bring itself into the United States versus the tariffs that the US producers have to pay to go into Scotland, there's definitely some inequality there, and I think that as production comes online and producers are looking for ways to make sure that they don't have too much capacity, I think that the politicians will start to catch on that they're going to have to do something. And I think that we'll see some tariffs come down, and it'll make it easier for international markets to gobble up that new, that new capacity. So what does all this mean? We know that there's going to be a market correction at some point because markets are cyclical. Nobody knows when it's going to happen. There's too many factors to keep track of. Nobody knows to what extent it's going to be. And I believe that whatever happens, the market's going to recover as it always does, and everything's going to work out fine. So what should you do with this information? Well, I recommend that you not buy bottles unless you would be prepared to drink them at that price. If you are a person who's buying bottles purely on speculation and you can't afford to lose the money, I think that that's a bad situation. I don't really worry about there being a market correction because if I've got a bottle that I love that's worth $1,900 today and it goes back down to $800, I wasn't planning on selling it anyway. I'll just open it and drink it. But if you are a person who invests, I would plan on at least a 10-year investment cycle because if we have a market correction, and you can hold the bottles for at least 10 years, sometime during those 10 years, you should be able to recover and get your money back out of the bottles. But if you don't want to listen to those rules and you want to buy bottles on speculation, be prepared to lose the money that you invested in them. So in conclusion, I think that the best thing that you can do is you can single blind yourself, you can double blind yourself, and you find bottles that you enjoy that you don't have to chase after, and then you don't have to worry about what's going on in the market. Just buy the whiskey that you love, buy the whiskey that you're prepared to drink, and everything's gonna be okay. If this is your first time watching the channel, I'd like to thank you for the view and give you a little bit of information about what we're all about. Bourbon Real Talk is about bringing people together around bourbon, and that's something that's very important to me because I lost a loved one to suicide in 2014. And in the aftermath, I was looking for ways to help people feel more connected because obviously my brother felt disconnected when he made that decision. And I've seen bourbon bring people together of all different walks of life, different ideological views. And I thought if I can help people get connected to whiskey, maybe the whiskey will do the rest of the job and get them connected to others so that they know that they're not alone. As I got deeper into the enthusiast community though, I did see the, the negative side of social media. And there are these things out there we call whiskey trolls, and their job is to make it unfun for people. And honestly, to break up the connection that the spirits are are doing to bring us all together. So that inspired me two ways. One, we started Bourbon Real Talk Community. And that's a space where bourbon enthusiasts of all different experience levels can come and interact, and there's not going to be any troll-like behavior. But the second thing that inspired me was that if those people can be hateful to strangers online, It's just as easy for me to show somebody love online, even though I really don't know them. And that's why I end every podcast the same way, and that's this. If you woke up this morning and you're unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that I love you, and I'll see you next time on Bourbon Realty. We were recording, weren't we? Uh, no. Oh. Man, I hate it when we miss the gold, man. Miss the gold. Sometimes, you know, I'm just up here and I'm just spitting hot fire, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just like on roll and I'm dropping all the good content. You know what Wes is doing? Not recording. That's what Wes is doing. Uh, Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) A whiskey troll is a person who seeks negative attention and uses contrarian attitudes to derail civil discussion in online forums. They communicate in ways they never would face to face because they're keyboard warriors. Their only goal is to make other people feel inferior. Hey guys, I'm new here. I just got my first blatant. And trust me, you probably paid way too much. I don't care much about the blantons, but nice (laughs) (laughs) There's no way that she didn't buy that at secondary, (laughs) idiot. Oh, I know how you got that bottle. So, are you sick and tired of the whiskey trolls running your fun online? Well, that's why we started Bourbon Real Talk Community. Congratulations. Let me know what you think when you open it up. Hey, welcome to the group. Let me send you over a sample of Blanton's Gold and straight from the barrel. See how you like those. I remember back to my first bottle of Blanton's. It was the birthday to my son, and we enjoy it every year on his birthday. Congrats. So if you're looking to connect with some people online who aren't head over to Facebook.com and join Bourbon Real Talk community today.